the other person can have with your leg mark or scratch. Hey everybody, good afternoon. This is David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solver. Thank you for joining me today. Every single week we have amazing special guests that are living in the community solving problems. Every single week we have different community leaders, nonprofits, uh, law enforcement, realtors, mortgage agents, lawyers, anybody that's solving problems in the community I have on the show. As a retired police officer solving problems every single week, I want to bring other problem solvers on to basically help people in Clark County, Henderson, North Las Vegas, um, North Las Vegas, anyone that needs to help, especially throughout the United States of America. But we are here in Vegas, basically filming at the Sticky Paw Studio. So, welcome to the show. I'm David Kohlmeyer, a law enforcement retired police officer. 17 years, worked in Henderson Police and worked in the New York City Police Department in Brooklyn and in Manhattan. And every single week on the show, we're solving problems. So, thank you so much for joining us. And today, we have some special guests next to me. I have Johnny Richardson, Katie Meadows with the Richardson Group, which are realtors locally in Vegas. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank Thanks you. for having us. So I love talking about real estate because I'm a real estate investor. I've known you guys for a little bit, and you guys are you know, all over social media. You guys are known in Las Vegas. So I was like, this is the best thing to bring you guys on. Talk real estate. Talk about what you guys love doing. Absolutely. Well, thank you once again. Looking forward to it. So basically, um, just to get a little information, Johnny, tell me about yourself, and then we'll go into Katie, a little background about both of you guys. So a little bit about myself. Moved out here, Johnny Richardson, the shark, from New Jersey in 2012. At that point, was doing timeshare for six years. Loved doing timeshare. It was great. It was probably one of the best jobs I ever had. Short schedule, made a lot of money, benefits, list went on. But I had what you ever heard of here in Vegas, having the golden handcuffs on. You know, they, they got you by the cojones, and at that point there, you're not walking away unless you do something drastic. And I was like, I want to own something at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I made that decision one day to come in, fire my boss, and walk away. And I was recruited into insurance at that moment. I was recruited insurance, sold a dream where I could do insurance, do real estate, build through network. They were trying to hook me at the end of the day, but I didn't find it, figure out till later they did me a favor because the education I received in insurance on running a business was bar none. It was amazing. Did it for two years. I was a presenter selling from stage. And there was one day I was, I was up in stage. I was in front of 50 people selling the dream. And I turned around and I was like, I don't want to be here. I'm miserable. I'm getting fat. I'm just like, life isn't good. I'm like, nobody wants to do this. I almost turned around and told everybody to run for their life. <laughs> I'm dead serious. And I got through the presentation, which was horrible because my passion wasn't in there. My passion has to be in everything I do. Mm -hmm. And I walked out that day and I told my operation, we're closing down. You're moving the broker's office. Next Monday, I walked into real estate office. I said, I won't work with you. This was LJ Wardley at the time. And it was game over since. And I love every day when I wake up in real estate now. What insurance was it? Were you life, health? Was It, it was life insurance and annuities. It was World Financial Group. Got it. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that, but I'm familiar with the group. Um, yeah. When I went over to, uh, I was with uh, World Leadership Group, WLG. Okay. But it was Humphrey, right? Yeah, yeah, Even exactly, Humphrey. 100%. So um, that's actually a funny story, too. But uh, so I'm involved, and I understand the concepts a little bit with that. So it was, it was World Financial Group. WFG. Yep. Which was, WLG was after, right? Yeah, I think W, yeah, it was in that process because he couldn't come over to WFG. Because with whatever happened to the company prior to that, 
there was in the contract he couldn't join in WFG, and then he started something else afterwards. And then before that, it was WMA, right, World? Yep, yeah. Which is still around. It, yeah, well, they transferred. They were bought out by World Financial Group, I believe. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. A lot of years. That's interesting. Well, it's good to know. Like, I actually figured, you know, when we talked today that we'd learn a little bit more about each other because of course, the different 100%. events that we were at. We haven't really had a time to even get to know each other a little bit more. Katie, tell us about yourself. So I grew up in a super small town in Mississippi. I moved to Vegas around like 19 years ago. I worked at Bellagio as a cocktail waitress. I hated it. So <laughs> I was like, what else can I do? Um, my friend went into real estate. I was like, something I always thought about. Um, so I've been in real estate now for three years and I love it. So awesome. Yeah, I do have a you know, there was a police officer I worked with. Um, I think it was in, in Henderson, basically, that his wife was doing cocktails. And he would explain that she would come home with all these like casino chips. And at the end of the week, like he would go with a bag of chips to cash in. And he felt like he was robbing the place because he had all these <laughs> chips. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's similar. Oh, uh, de definitely similar. So, I mean, it's a great job. I mean, it pays well. It's just exhausting after a while, especially if you're doing something like that for like 17 years. So Yeah, people don't realize it's hard work. I mean, yeah. people, you know. It's not fulfilling either. There's nothing. You're bringing people drinks at the end of the day. Drunk people drink. So it's never fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're they really probably love you or hate you. Yes. It's one or the other. Yeah. Right? They definitely all hated me. It's <laughs> <laughs> very not passionate about that job. And you, so. did, you did that for 17 years? For 17 years. It's a long time. Yep. Exactly. Do you feel, just jumping in because it's an interesting question. Like, do you feel like, because you're always on your feet. I mean, do you feel that you're like your back and your body because you're always moving around? Yeah. Is it like good exercise or is it bad? I mean, is it. Oh, you get all kinds of pain, and I was—I don't think I was there super long enough because I was still in my early twenties when I started. Okay. Um. So, but I think once you get like in your older years, I mean, I can't imagine like walking around for seventeen years and your back—you have back problems, wrist problems. I mean, all kinds of crazy things. So, Got it. Bunions. Yeah. Oh, I did have a foot surgery. I did have my bunion. Because even like a police officer and stuff like that, they're back. They're you know um, for wearing the police belt and stuff to basically have different. It's funny you injuries say that. and stuff like that too. Yeah. yeah, we were downtown having lunch the other day, and mm -hmm. I saw a police officer walk by, mm -hmm. and that belt, mm -hmm. uh, that belt. I looked and he said that sucker has to be super super heavy. So it is. How much is it weigh? You know, people used to say it's like about thirty pounds in regards to um, the belt itself, like the gun and all the weaponry that comes along with it and then the vest as well so the bottom line is is that uh i don't know my back i mean i probably say it does bother me i mean who knows i mean you know but 30 pounds if you carry it right you know for yeah well I think about for 17 just years. working out working out you put a weight vest on and you put that weight vest on and you're doing it and you're pumping so you're doing that for police officer eight 12 hours whatever it might be your shift correct yeah i mean basically you know 40 hours a week you're wearing a gun belt and basically you know it's going to take a toll in general. Yeah. How do you, um, so tell me, so you basically have the Richardson group. So basically how many people are in your group? So right here locally, it's going to be 13 people plus admin. And then we have a national uh, team as well. Mm -hmm. So we're looking to work with uh, realtors and upcoming realtors and so on and so forth. They're looking to grow their career, whether they're here local in Vegas, New Jersey, markets in uh, Florida, New York, Texas, I'm okay. California. All over? Those are some of the main areas, but all over, you name it, across the United States. So how many agents right now are locally in Las Vegas? Local in Vegas with us, 13. 13 agents, okay. Mm -hmm. And you've been together, so for, how long have you been doing real estate right now? Four and a half years. Four and a half years, okay. So basically, you're accumulating different agents, and you're helping them basically grow their business, right? Correct. Okay, cool. 
Um, I see you guys all over social media, both of you guys. And the bottom line is, is that you guys are awesome because you're constantly posting and they always talk about like social media being organic. And I always see her working out or at the car or with real estate and you as well. We're doing self improvement, inspirational stuff in general. And, you know, some people could say like maybe it's too much in general, but I think it's really good because you're always top of mind. Right. You know, and the bottom line is once you need a realtor, right, you're going to think of you guys in general. And I think people build a relationship. What's your take with social media? Because I know you guys, it's not fake. It's real. And I know that you care about people, you know, your message and so on. But both of you guys seem like you're also trying to improve people, you know, in general. What's your take on that? As far as myself, I, when I go out and I promote something on the self-improvement side, what people don't realize is I, it was something that I was passionate about that day or something that happened that week or that month. So I'm out there going through an experience that I went through and more than anything, I want to see if it helps somebody else. And I get it constantly on a daily basis. I'll get messages in the morning. They're like, you have no idea. My day started out bad. XXX happened. And that's the exact message I needed to hear. And just think about it. Just like anytime when you start off your day, you can say, oh, coffee spilled on my jeans, car accident in front of me, um, whatever it is. And you go on these bad emotions and bad experiences by just constantly promoting that stuff. And it's funny you bring it up. Cause I had somebody else asked me yesterday, he said, what's your main niche? You know, how do you promote yourself? I said, self-development. I'm constantly preaching out there. It's what makes me feel good. And I'm just hoping somebody else gets something out of it. Even if it's one person that day. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. What do you think, Katie? What, what's your specialty with, I know he, he's the guru in regards to being on all the time. Probably 3 a.m. Exactly. He's posting, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. Like a, he's in the bathroom. The no, seriously. <laughs> he gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he like starts walking around the uh, living room filming himself of whatever he <laughs> wants to say. So it's pretty crazy. I'm not good at videos. It's something I still have to work on a lot. So... I know Johnny's always poking me to do more videos, but <laughs> it's just, it's harder for me. So no, it's, you yeah. know, it's funny because um, uh, John Land, who basically uh, runs the Sticky Paw studio where we're located, he's always against me basically saying like, I need to do more videos and so on. I need to be on TikTok, you know, and today, like today it's, you know, uh, 4.30. I'm running since 9.30 and I need to do that. Maybe I'm procrastinating a little bit as yeah. well, but like, it's hard to come up with random stuff. Actually, when I see some of your stuff, I feel like, you know, sometimes you say, oh, is it scripted or is it real? And I know it's real, but it's not easy just to come up with the verbiage. Exactly. It's you know? the content that's hard for me. So to come up with the content content to actually produce, to put on, it's not actually getting on the video. I think it's more of the content of what to say. Exactly. Yeah. Even like myself, I feel like I have to maybe put some pinpoints on there of what I want to say in general. So it's, I'm, I'm working on it as well. Then people now, it seems like, you know, everyone's saying to be on TikTok. And, you know, it's it's like a, a sign. Well, to me, it's a little bit of a science. I mean, maybe if you're... 19 years old, right? Like, you figure, exactly. like, my little kid that's seven years old, because they, dad, this is a lot more time on their they hands. Start, they start young, too. Yeah. And then it's like easier for them, I feel like. So I know, I mean, I personally, like, I'm big with Facebook. And then with Instagram, um, I just started getting on it a little bit more. I got to push myself. But like, every day, like, you got to keep pushing, you know, I think with self improvement, you're, whether it's your body, whether your health in general. But I, I think you do great stuff. I, I see both of you guys. So it's great in general. And then sometimes the truth is not even what you say, sometimes what you're doing or you're working or, also, a lot of times you're giving accolades to other agents that you work with, which I think is great. A lot of people don't do that. So you guys are giving accolades. And I think that's really cool because it makes other people feel good, right? Like yeah. you're saying, hey, 100%. this guy just went into escrow and he just sold a house and he helped people. So I think it's great stuff that you guys are doing. And I think that, uh, you know, I think some people, when they see you a little bit, you know, people may watch these days like five seconds or three seconds. Oh, yeah. And they, they I always call it subliminal marketing. Yeah. Yes. And even though you really are trying to help people, you guys are good people. You're not just trying to sell. 
I think, I think people see your message and they know, they know you're positive people and that they need something that would call you. And who knows? It may not even be to buy a house. It may be like, hey, I need some help with this or can you push? It you happens. Know? It does. You refer probably to other people in general, yep, 100%. you know? 100%. Yeah, you definitely get those calls. So I love all the inspirational stuff. So I love also the shark thing. Tell me how you got to the shark. This is Mrs. Shark here, your shark. I saw the 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 um, you guys were having a shark as well too. <laughs> yeah. I, I was confused oh. a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, Johnny for a wanted to uh, play I, a joke and say we were having a shark, but everybody thinks I'm pregnant now, so it kind you know, of I was turned a, out. As a I was a little shark. confused. I was looking at the pictures. I was like, I'm not really sure. And then it looked like it looked like a shark. It was. It, I liked it though. Yeah, if they designed. knew Johnny, they would know his personality. Yeah, totally people know, that yeah. really knew me, they're like, "There's no way you're doing it." So the, it was like a joke, like we're having a shark, but everybody thought the joke was. You're really having a baby. Our shark is our branding. So, of course, you said it's a shark. Yeah. <laughs> so it got very confusing. I actually felt bad about it. I had family call me. You're like, oh, this Clients. is amazing. Yeah. We're so happy. They're like in <laughs> tears. And I'm like, oh, I have to break the news. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was good. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm really big into, you know, it's funny. The reason why I'm big into the shark is when I was a kid, I watched Jaws. Yeah. And I've always been, right, it's a curious, um, not curious, you know, a mysterious animal that basically lurks in the sea, right? Oh, and, yeah. And basically, you know, it's also scary, but it's the alpha male, right? You know, in general, basically in the sea. And so, you know, I, I've always, always liked the whole shark thing. I mean, it gets a little scary. You watch Jaws, then you go into the ocean, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, what's in the water? And somehow now on Facebook, somehow something with the shark is popping up now. Now I'm getting every live shark thing, you know, that's <laughs> really? coming up, that which is, is kind of interesting. Awesome. I think that you have to tag shark, like everything shark comes up. Yeah. I don't know why I keep having different, like, uh, a kayaker that's near a shark or a whale oh, that shark. That is so funny. So somehow, I, I don't know, I clicked on something. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that may happen with you. Got, you have any like Oh, that? I get a ton of shark, shark stuff oh, that yeah. pops up all over. Even Just ocean the Google's like, watching we're always, Yeah, we're yeah. always Googling shark stuff. Yeah, and, and anything ocean life pops across my feet constantly. That's funny, like, uh, so like pet that, food and stuff like that. Yeah, you're uh, that or boat crashes. That's boat the crashes. other one I see a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I send you. So once in a while, I'm at, for some reason, I'm at Walmart, different places, like my little kid, I see a shark thing. So I think of you. So I send you a picture of me, yeah, my, my yeah, kid. Like, course. oh, it's Uncle, it's Uncle, Uncle Shark. You know, basically, <laughs> uh, th let's thank Uncle Shark for the the stuffed animal shark. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's, so I love all the marketing and branding that goes with it. So that's cool. So basically, you just came up with what. Well, not necessarily. It was years ago before Katie and me mm -hmm. had met. I did a commercial. So I, I did a, I, I was brand new realtor, really just hitting the scene, making a little bit of noise, but nobody really knew me. And a friend of mine was like, let's do a crazy video. And I'm sitting there thinking what would be funny. I'm like, why don't we do something where I dive into a pool? So I dove into a pool. And you can find this right on Johnny Richardson. I didn't see this with Sharks on YouTube. So I dive into a pool with this full suit on. I say, this realtor will do anything for you, included in diving in with the sharks. I dive in, and there's sharks animated in there. That's so so I'm cool. swimming past uh, uh, tiger sharks. Chase, do me a favor. Just thinking, can you try to pull that up, that video? You got some time. I guess we could put in... Um, yeah, Johnny Richardson swims with the sharks, anything like that. You should be able to find it. If you could find that, and then we can let me know, and then we can put it on the air because I haven't seen that. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um, wait, how many years ago did you do that? First got started has to be four years ago. Yeah, okay. everybody always references that yeah. video. How come you don't yeah. play? You don't continue that. I it's still out there on YouTube. I just haven't played it lately. It just kind of went into everything else. I when, like that. When COVID hit. A branding person approached us and said, hey, we really got to brand the shark. And that's when we really started putting the heat to it and came up with the logo that mm -hmm. you see now. 
and everything else and cleaned it up. Because before it was like, hey, the shark guy, the shark guy, and a little shark emoji here and there. And then we really promoted it. And naturally, the, Katie and myself, and she, who else was she going to be? She was going to be Mrs. Shark. <laughs> so she took the position as Mrs. Shark and stepped in. Like even our cars, all our cars have shark on it Miss or shark. Mrs. Shark. White you know? shark. No, I love White this shark. stuff. Yeah. I actually, like, I'm interested to see when we pop up the video. I actually think, you know, these days not to be like um, like quirky or quacky with these different commercials. I think people like seeing that. People need to laugh. And I think these days our attention spans like five seconds, ten seconds. Or oh, Let's see. We got it here. You think you found it or no? I'm fine. I think I found your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah I think you found. Yeah, that, that sound was definitely from our podcast. I knew what that was sound okay. was. Yeah. See if you can find Let Us yeah. Know. Um, I know what I would say is, not that I've seen it, but I mean, I kind of like that concept that you probably should bring that back or different things because people it's like It's funny these. you say that because I was just, I sh where were we at? I was showing it last night. Where yeah, were we You last went to night? Jeremy's probably. Oh, that's right. Went to Jeremy's. So when I had showed somebody last night, I said, I should bring this back and kind of tweak it a little or something. I tried making a second video at one point, but the first one was so organic and natural. It, it just never could match up with I it. I think, you know, I just came up with one. Um, I think what you need to do is because it's Vegas, that you need to go to the different places that, and say, like, you're walking into uh, Silverton and like, hey, you want to go dive into the yeah, aquarium there or idea. go to oh, Mandalay yeah. Bay, the Shark Reef, right? Yeah. And you walk into the Shark Reef, you know, and then basically, and doing different places. How many places are there in town? There's also the Chart House at Golden Nugget. Yeah. There's an aquarium oh, that's yeah. over there. So I think that wherever, like, you're going for lunch um, at the Chart House, I'm like, you know what? I just want to take a little dip with the sharks or something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and then, so I think that you should find the places in Vegas and do that That'd and be spread cool. it out every quarter. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good. You put idea. me in the background. For that <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it definitely. Like I said, I love this fun stuff to do. I mean, I, it's like I said, it's not easy coming up. Even myself as a problem solver, like as a retired police officer, I'm trying to help people. Right. So the question is, what do I do? I was even thinking of a billboard, right? Like the Dave Colmeyer, the problem solver. But it's different. Like you know, um, what am I going to say on the billboard? Right. Yeah. Like the problem solver, retired police. Even my my logo here it says retired police officer helping people one problem at a time, which is what I'm doing. Right. So it could be like got problem, call the problem solver. Right. And then my phone number. Um, but like I said, I wanted to come up with something different. Because I tell you one thing. There's no retired police officers, I would say, in Las Vegas, in Clark County. They're advertising that they would help people when they're retired for That's any for problem sure. whatsoever. Yeah. Right? There's no I one doing that. So, so yeah. I'm definitely the one out of a million doing that. I don't even know in the United States of America there's anyone else doing what I'm doing in general. But I just enjoy helping people. Even like today, I told you I was out from 930 in the morning. Um, all kinds of different things. I'm helping someone who's actually, uh, he was actually on the last show which will probably air today, is a local barber that's basically helping people uh, cut hair in the community. I'm not sure if you know. You've seen him on Facebook, Dana Canfield. He was helping homeless people cleaning up you know, the hair so they feel better about themselves. They can go get a job. And then he also tries to fix bicycles to get, to get people that are in like recovery, you know, transition housing. They need bicycles because they can't you know, have a car. So I'm always trying to basically help in different ways and try to, you know, my main thing is if I can you know, get to 20, 30 people that are helping others, you know, that comes back to me, too, or if I can promote people as well, different nonprofits as well. And then you guys are helping people as well with gaining home ownership. So that, that's a big thing. You, you are solving people's problems because basically a lot of people, even the self-improvement stuff, like people just get upset. They think I can't buy a home, right? Or I can't buy something in general. And I think that you being positive, um, instrumental people, helping people buy a home, I think that's key. How do you deal like right now uh, in today's market, like first time home buyers, people that have never bought a home. Tell me what you guys do for those type of people. So you want to take that one, Katie? 
Um, yeah. like how, basically, you're solving a problem. People want a home. They're renting. They're not sure if they can qualify. You know, yeah. and then they they see your video online. Like she seems like a lovely person. You know, they call you up and they're like, you know what? I don't think I could afford a home. I don't know what my credit's like. How do you deal with a first time home buyer? You know, how do you help them? We always just bring them into the office, um, sit down with them, and kind of uh, just you know get the general questions that you would ask to qualify them for an FHA loan. Um, we do things because, I mean, the market is really hard right now. It's not easy. I mean, most houses have multiple offers on it. So um, we have ways to structure the offer to win offers, helping out the first-time home buyers by, you know, paying for their warranty or helping them with closing costs. Um, there's all kinds of down payment assistant programs for, you know, FHA buyers that don't have the money, which people, a lot of people aren't aware of. They think that that, that doesn't exist or they think, you know, a big cost comes with it, but it doesn't. So... I would say that's the biggest things that we do to help out the FHA and get them qualified and go through the process. So basically, you guys have different strategies to help people or different things you can include to help them, right? Like yep. home warranty and, and general. But you basically can help them. And you, have, you deal with different mortgage agents or even though you guys are realtors, you have mortgage agents that like help yeah, people? Yeah, we do have a main go-to that they definitely help because we like their programs is what it comes down mm -hmm. to. But we have a handful of them that to where... For instance, it might be somebody that's looking outside FHA in the high-rise community. We have somebody special for that, for example. It might be somebody in construction, somebody in land, whatever it might be. But we do have a one, Paul has an intercap lending that we work with mostly on our FHA stuff that's coming through. Because a lot of times when those people come through, we do offer assistance looking at maze programs because one, they come in stressed. Two, they come in, they have no idea what to expect. They hear, you know, can get a new house, 3.5% down. They can't even add that up. They're like, what does that mean? And you sit down there and work out the numbers and nobody's thinking about closing costs where Katie's talking as far as there are times, many times we offer assistance even on our end to help out with closing costs to help somebody get into a house. Because if they don't buy the house and we don't help them, who wins at that point? They don't get a house. We don't sell a house. Neither of us move forward. Neither of us can do something I always look at things. How can I help and assist this person get to this next area? Even if we make a, just a little bit of money, yeah. some realtors in the business, unfortunately, like if I'm not hitting X, why bother? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you help that person get to someplace, that person could be your biggest promoter, the best relationship you ever had. You could even meet your wife through that person. Who knows? help somebody and ultimately you'll get what you're looking for. Yeah. Ultimately those people bring you the referrals that are, you know, mo the most important part of your business. So they're the most thankful people. So, you know, it's interesting you know, in other countries. And like I said, I'm a real estate, I've invested over the years in general with real estate. Most people don't realize that even buying one home, like my parents, they bought one home like 40 years ago for like 60 grand. They sold it for like 750, right? Like one home is actually, you know, generational wealth. Right, if that moves on to the next family and so on. But even if they would have bought one extra home, like their retirement would be even better, even though they're living fine now. But if they had one extra home, maybe it would be more vacations, right? Yep. Or maybe just not stress of not having money, you know, in general while you're retired or in general. So I think that the, the, the goal with this, I think people don't realize that that having one home is a big deal because most people can't save. It's very difficult, but you can make that mortgage payment because you know you got to live. You got to make that payment. So if you're making that payment for 15 or 30 years when you retire and so on, you have this nest egg, a paid asset, and then with right, the equity that you basically have this money. So I think people just don't understand like how big it is in America, especially it is easier to get a loan in America than if you went to China or you went to some countries you need like 60% down or 
I think I was talking the other day with someone that was from Iran. Like, you need like 60% of the money. Like, who most people don't have that money, right? Yeah. 100%. And here you're talking about no money down yeah. or assistance programs, right? It's so much so easier easy. in America to buy a home than in other countries. Yeah. Yeah, 100% definitely is. Well, I think even, isn't there 40 year loans? Is, didn't they come out with some 40-year loan programs at one point in time? They were talking about it, but I don't know if they ever implemented it yet. That was something I think that happened after COVID that they were talking about, but I just don't Extending think it. it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that it's happened. Well, someone also said that if you basically were stuck in the home, you weren't making payments, that if I think they were saying that you could do 40 years at like 2% just if you stay in the home Yeah. Um, instead of basically having the home short sell. And I don't think they want to go through what happened like in 2009. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't see that happening though. What's the reason why? So even with COVID going on, like here's my question: Like, what is going on in this market right now? Like, I'm confused. I mean, I hear everything's online. Like, what is going on? Is it because of COVID? Is it like people are not leaving? It's evictions, like that may come in the brim. Like, what what is going on in Vegas? Well, if, even it, though they say throughout the United States, but yeah, it is throughout it is, the United yeah. States. So if you take a look at it, because we even said the same thing. It's like we're on fire. Things are crazy. People are stuck in their houses, but they want to move like crazy. Like, is this because of COVID? So we did more research with it. What we found after the hit, you just mentioned 2008, 2009. When that hit happened, what happened is the builders had actually tightened up after that moment. So compared this past last 10 years from what it was prior, they actually built half as many single family homes moving forward. Because they said, you know what, we're not going to get caught in the fire again. We're not going to get pinched when we have all this inventory Stuff collapses and we have everything that's gone or out of business. So that they're coming back into now residual effect. They built less homes. Now as families are growing, people are moving, there's not enough homes. They just didn't build and they didn't do enough. Then take that and add on on top of it. Now here comes the COVID part. Lumber goes up, steel goes up. Everything goes up when it comes to building a house Holy crap, guys, we're behind. We did this for the last 10. We're going to have to move double time. Problem is we need this, 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 and we're paying double. We're paying triple. Now it's even harder. So these effects right here, it's really crazy because naturally we're actually being pushed into a direction to where we should go into some kind of correction, but the correction's actually impossible due to the inventory, and we're just staying where we're at. Crazy, right? It's yeah. nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Craziest thing ever. You know, today, I think I was coming over here and I was listening to some someone who was saying how that even for people that want to, let's say your home is, let's say, 250000 and now it's, it was two fifty, and now it's worth, let's say, four hundred. A lot of people want to upsize, right? But the home that was four hundred is now like six fifty or seven, right. so they can't afford to move to the other home because, you know, I guess maybe inflation and so on. Not that I'm some, you know, um, MBA scholar, you know, but with the whole inflation thing, right? It's like you can't really move because the other home is more expensive as well. Correct. So unless there's a correction, you take, you know, you sell it, you take your money, and then you go buy something cheaper, or you wait till the market corrects. But the question is, everyone says, "Oh, the market's gonna come. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait." I just, from what my limited knowledge is, it just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Plus, with all the evictions, um, whether it's scheduled or not gonna happen, and the courts, and the, I mean, it just—it's such a crazy time. But it happens so quick, like after the election. Like, it just seemed like everything went crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super crazy. So I'm like, I'm com- kind of confused. We, we just don't know what the future is. So if you had a crystal ball for the future for 2022, um, tell me some things, both of you guys. What do you think? Again, we're not, we're not, we don't, we're not holding you liable here. <laughs> but what are your thoughts are um, basically for 2022? Like, tell me, 
January was January one comes around. What do you predict for Vegas for the next year? So going into Q2 is where there's a prediction. There could be a little bit of a correction because more inventory is going to hit in the market, like you had mentioned, as far as evictions coming up uh, and some other sources as well. The reason why it's going to just be a slight correction, because we're going to get a flood of homes that hit the market right now, who your biggest competitor, like our biggest competitor it's not other realtors. It's not other real estate companies in town. It's hedge funds coming yeah. into town. So when they flood in, no matter what, these guys are coming in and they're coming in strong. It's going on right now. We're hitting, we have houses that hit the market and within like 30 seconds, our assistant puts it in, phone call rings or the phone rings. Like Johnny, it's XXX. Hey, we got an offer. Great. Send it over. And they're paying full price for those yeah. offers now. Yeah. yeah. They're like, it's in your mailbox. I'm like, yeah. where? They're like right now. I but, mean, they are fast. But here's a question. So most hedge funds normally used to do mutual funds. They were buying homes over the years. Like why now? Is it because they always say like inflation? That's the reason why they're trying to buy more real estate? That's where. Uh, they, it's another area they can put their money. And some with some of these companies, the reason why they're coming in so strong, because if their investors see them stop spending money, then they're going to pull back at that moment. Open doors. So they're going to keep on spending money yeah. to keep yeah. the money going. Yep, exactly. Interesting. Still going. Now, I also heard that they're trying to buy apartment complexes, right? They were buying apartment complexes. And that, like someone was saying, they're buying apartment complexes, then they're buying single family homes. So the rents are going up. So the people that are renting, it's getting too expensive for them. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, rents are driving up like crazy. They're out of control. And Vegas has always been a strong rentals market. It just, they, they're sitting on. A great investment. They come into something between three to four hundred thousand dollars. That's their sweet spot. Three to four hundred grand, single family home. They're buying them all day long and just re-rent them back out. So for like again, we're trying to solve problems here every single week. So my question to you is this: So if I'm a renter and I'm paying like thirteen, fourteen hundred a month now with the interest rates being so low, right? I mean, technically, if you can get that home with your guys' help, then basically the payment could almost be the same or maybe a little bit more right. or something like that, right? Yep. It's interesting to see those different ratios because they show like if interest rate was like four and a half and you bought the same home, it's kind of weird because now at like 2% or two and a half, it's the same payment though you owe more money, but it's the same payment. It's kind of weird, you know, like because before you used to see maybe at 4% or four and a half and now if it's like 1.75 or two and a quarter, but it's weird, right? You're owing more money, but it's the same payment. Yep. Well, so, one thing we go over with people, especially somebody's coming in renting and they mention all the time, they say, uh, I want to wait. All right, well, let's take a look at where we're at as far as rates go right now. If we look over the last, let's go into two years, we went from someplace in the, twi- in the, in the upper twos. Then we went all the way up into the vibes during COVID. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where they're going to stop. Then they came back down. We saw in the twos. Now we're in the lower threes. So when somebody's looking at a house right now and saying, I'm going to wait, let's say if the price of homes does go up a little bit. That's not your biggest enemy at this point. The biggest enemy at this point, what if interest rates go up? Because if interest rates go up from 3 to 4%, that's 1%. Somebody loses 10% of buying power. What that does to somebody's payment at the end of the day is absolutely dramatic. So somebody waiting is the craziest thing. And we just I tell people all the time, that isn't coming from the real estate side or the realtor side or commission side. These are the numbers at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's the problem is that people think that we're trying to sell them something instead of believing in what we're saying. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it is true. It's crazy. So the other thing I saw, and I wasn't sure if today we have to maybe double check with FHA. I think a lot of people don't FHA 
um, basically the loan limits. First, I think it was yesterday saying that January 1, FHA loan was going to change to basically for people to buy homes at a higher price because the real estate's been going up. And someone said, get ready like January 1, that all these offers are going to go in because, you know, the changing of the FHA limits, first time home buyer. Um, so my question really is, and I think today I thought someone was saying that FHA changed today. It was conforming, conforming loans. Conforming loans. Yep. All right. Conforming loans. loans went up to six twenty-five. It was at five sixty-eight. So explain to yeah. me, especially for people maybe listening that may not really understand it. So conforming is just like a regular standard conventional. loan, conventional yeah, loan, conventional right? Conventional loan. So they've increased it because because people with conforming loans can do what five percent, right? Five percent do down. Five percent. Do Even though you, if you have more money, right? You yeah, put more yeah. money down. You can do three percent, five percent, ten percent. Got it. Yeah. So that helps. So tell me, tell me what your thoughts with that. So they raised the conforming. How does that change the market today for tomorrow? Because it happened today. How does well, they raised that limit before if you went anything above the original limit, you went into a jumbo loan, which was much different standards at that point. Uh, it was harder approvals, more cash down out of pocket. Keep in mind, I'm not a lender at the end of the day. It's Got all it. information received from the lender. But it's them moving that up into 625. Now this gave people more leverage as far as less money out of pocket, better terms, easier approvals. So maybe the more homes will sell now because they basically changed the limits. So it's actually giving uh, people that maybe, let's say they were looking at home for 400 and now it's 450 500 They can buy, there are more homes on the market for that higher value. Well, there's more homes that they have the ability to buy with that kind of loan. Is Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because the prices of houses have been rising. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to kind of weave in and out and make sure they're still affordable with people that are using financing and not cash. Got it. That's where that comes in. So from now, so basically we're turning into October 1st. Um, October, November, December, next three months. So if I was a renter, you think it's still a good time to buy? Yeah. 100%. Should I wait till January 1? Should I not? I would say no. Because we have no idea what's going to happen, happen right? January 1. Just like I just said a few minutes ago, let's say January 1, let's say prices of house. Let's say the prices of houses do go down, for example. Let's say that you do save some money. Mm -hmm. But then the interest rates go up two points. That's a that's a losing battle right there. It's yeah. the scary point is yeah. the interest rate so going up. the seesaw effect that happens. Mm -hmm. It does constantly. It's like, okay, prices of houses here, rates are here. XXX, kind of back and forth. Got it. Yeah. So the bottom line is it, it's still a good time to buy. People shouldn't be scared. Interest rates are the lowest I think it's ever been. They said that when it was at four. Now it's like 1.7. I, I don't think it could go any lower. Unless they're going to start giving me free interest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no interest, you never no know. That'd be nice. <laughs> so the bottom line is, is, is definitely a good time to buy. Who knows what's going to happen January 1. And uh, they definitely, you know, people that are interested that are renting, I think that they shouldn't be scared. You guys are very positive people in general. Just sit down and meet with you guys and kind of go over a game plan and see what your financial situation is and see what they could afford yep. to do, especially during the market. You, we we kind of know where we're at right now. We just don't know what's going to happen January 1 for the new year. Yeah, and at the same time, maybe somebody's not 100% prepared right now. Maybe they have to fix something on their credit. I tell everybody, it's just like, picture it like seeing a doctor. It's like you have something going on. You have some major issues in your stomach or you think it could be cancerous. Do you wait to the day you're about to die to stop and step into the doctor's office or you get ahead of it? Same exact thing. Stop in the office. Have a conversation. Let's see what your real estate goals are at the end of the day. Today might not be the day, but it's better to have a game plan when January 1st comes. I, I think the key is, it's truly true, is that education is the key and meeting different realtors like yourself in general. Because over the years, I'm here now, 19 years, coming up 20 years, I think, in February. But the key is to meet good realtors that can sit down and mortgage agents. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I think I've probably, I'm here now, let's say almost 20 years, 
in the beginning when I was buying real estate, I, I wanted to be educated. I was upset, like the market changed and the homes went up in price. And I, you know, but I, I actually went out and I think I met with like 15 different realtors, 20 realtors. And I would say to them, like, what should I do? What should I buy? Are there certain strategies in general? And I felt like most realtors out there basically didn't have strategies for me. And I was really looking like, what should I do? Like, what what's a way of leveraging? You know, what products were out there? Like back in the day, there was, when I was trying to learn about, there was a program called Home Steps. And then it went, then that program went away. It was like, you could buy a bunch of homes with 5% down um, as an investor. And then there was Home Path. And then Home Path, all the inventory that was foreclosures in 2009. So I, I guess the key is you have to educate yourself during this period of time. This is a different time than it was in 2009. Correct. So I think the key is to get with good realtors that could help you strategize in general. Which kind of leads me to the question of what, so we, we got the whole point of you're a new home buyer, you're renting, they can get with you, sit down, figure it out, you have mortgage lenders that you work with. So the bottom line is don't procrastinate with at least the education component, right? right. The bottom line is get with you guys, sit down. Maybe it's not the right time today, but six months from now, maybe it's a better time for them, right? And then at least they have a relationship with you guys and you know they feel Game more plan. comfortable, not as scared, right? Yeah, yep. you got to start a plan somewhere. Because it's one of the biggest purchases, right? A house, a car, right? Car is the first purchase, right? Used car for people, a new used car, and then a new car, and then a home probably one of the biggest purchases most people make. What do you feel? So we got the first-time home buyer. So what do you think for strategy-wise, like for other people that have a first-time home, or what is there any strategies that you can share? Of course, we want these people to call you to go through the strategy. But what strategy do you have for like generational wealth? Because interest rates are low now, and buying stuff. Do you have any specific strategies that you'd want to share that's different with you guys than other realtors? Because most realtors that I've met over the past do not have strategy. They'll just say, you, you know. Go get pre-approved from a lender and let's go pick out a home. But is there certain strategies? Like, do I go buy a home with a casita because I could rent out the casita? Do I go buy uh, a condo, uh, one bedroom first, and then I can leverage to a two bedroom or a three bedroom or a townhome? Any strategies that you have that you want to share and talk about? So as far as one strategy, and once again, I'm not a lender or a financial advisor. No liability here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so as far as that goes, Just talking. what some people are sitting on, what they don't realize sometimes, because they're like, how do I do it? There's so many areas you find when somebody starts digging where they have money in, and some of those is an old job they had where they had a 401k. So you have that four, old 401k, not from your current job, but from your previous job, that you can go ahead and you can leverage that 401k into purchasing a property. Now, if you're going to go ahead and purchase out here in Vegas, for instance, to answer your question, whether it's Casita or whatever it might be, uh, personally, I feel any real estate at all is a good thing to purchase if you don't have any real estate. Now, if you're looking into specifically as far as what you're going to do maybe a year, two years down the road, look at what rental comps are currently doing. Okay, because I'm going to take this one, I'm going to rent it out down the road. You know, what advantages does it have versus this one down the street? Is it close to public transportation? You know, how many bedrooms does it have? Is it close to the casinos, for example? So somebody moving here that doesn't have a lot of transportation is going to have easy accessibility at the end of the day. But it all starts from one point, And when somebody doesn't realize they have that extra 401k, it happens quite a bit. They can use that in the leverage just getting a piece of real estate when they had felt they had no idea at all. So that's an interesting one. So the 401k or an IRA, right, mm -hmm. from a previous previous yep. um, employer. employer. So they can use that money as down payment? They can. 
And is there a? Uh, do you know if there's a penalty or no? If it's if you're buying, if it's first time. No, nope. You wouldn't get hit with a penalty, and this is where the financial advisor would step in at that point. There's a way to go ahead and leverage that out and use that for the down payment for the property and not get hit for the penalty at the same time. That's why it has to be a previous employer. If you work at you know Caesar's Casino and its current one, you will walk into a penalty. This is how okay. You so I like that. that strategy. So, and here's the story. Even myself, I have. You know, from a previous place I worked that I have maybe, you know, some money in there in general. So the whole point is if you have some money, a lot of people just sit on it because they're not sure what to do and stressed out. Maybe yeah. using that money as a key, as a key strategy um, to basically buying a place. And again, we have to talk to a mortgage agent about all this stuff. You know, right? Everyone's in a different situation, credit score, all that good stuff. Everyone's in a different situation. But I like that. That's a good strategy in general that people may have. What, Katie, any strategy that you could think of that you've used with other previous people or... Recently, other mortgage agents have told you about anything? Anything that you like that you, you feel like? Do you like, <laughs> do you like a house that has a casino because you could rent it out or Airbnb? Yeah, Airbnb. There's tons of Airbnbs, but you have to just, I mean, in Vegas, it's a lot harder to do the Airbnbs just because it has to be certain amount of space between another Airbnb. Mm-hmm. It can only be in Henderson, no HOA. Um, a lot of the high rises, which people don't know, do Airbnbs that can make money. MGM Signature can do it so you can buy it and they have a whole Airbnb program that they use there. Um, the Palms does it. Who else does it? Uh, you can do it at Palms. You can do it at MGM Signature. Platinum's one. Ogden Downtown on a corporate Airbnb. Yeah. As well. Trump as well. Oh, Trump as well. Trump as well. Yeah. You can also do so. Those, those are the ones you can legally do Airbnb and not get. And they have on the the, the property management right inside there, where they do pretty much all the work. The for rental you. pools. The rental pools. So they do all the work for you. Is that the thing I forgot? People mentioned Henderson. In Henderson, is it more Airbnb friendly? So you can do an Airbnb in Henderson, not HOA, single family home. 600 feet away from any other Airbnb. That's legal. Anywhere else is not legal. Only the high rises and Henderson, no HOA is legal. It's kind of funny. Henderson, I mean, I was a police officer in Henderson, but it's funny because in Henderson, you would think that they'd be more strict. Yeah. How come you think... because technically, we, we like, didn't have it. They X'd it out for a while, and all of a sudden, Henderson built, uh, blew up and just no HOA. I couldn't even tell you why they picked Henderson. I'm sure there is a reason. but So basically, in Henderson, you could do Airbnb 600 feet away from another one, yep. and you have to get like a license. Correct. Yeah, you still have to get it approved by the city. So before you buy up. something as an investment, yeah. you need to basically make sure there's no Airbnb yeah. license nearby. Correct. How do you even look that up? It's a good question. They have records you call of in it. This. Yeah, yeah, you got to call in and ask. Yeah, the city people, of Henderson has a record of it, and this okay. way, this one is, this one isn't. So they'll say, You're okay, safe. you can, you can, and then you know to put in an offer. Does that come up a lot? Like in Henderson, do you feel that um, people say, "I want to buy a property for um, Airbnb"? A lot of Airbnb. I mean, they, I think they come across us. It's just, it's hard and difficult to find. A lot of times, yeah. they don't want Henderson because they want to be closer to the strip. They want close to the action, and that's why. We'll direct somebody towards a high-rise community. I'm like, well, if that's what you want, this is your best. Got it. That's a good point. Simple, easy. Because the rental pools, like MGM Signature is a good one for it. Rental pools, period. Let's say you live in California and you're not here all the time. You might as well have the casino rent it out at the same time. Yeah. You know, have them help you make some extra money. So it makes sense for everybody. You know, what high-rise... So I've actually... I've lived over at Sky and I had a unit also at Allure. What units, uh, what do you like? What, what are you talking about high rises, jumping into high rise? So we talked a little bit about the first time home buy. We talked about FHA. We talked about the um, Airbnb, which is interesting because I wasn't really sure about that one as an investment. We talked about 
a 401k or an IRA basically using that money to go buy a place like that. High rises, okay? What high rises do you like um, in general, I guess, to live? And then also if you had to do the Airbnb, because everyone talks about Airbnb these days. And I know a few people that are renting out like rooms and so on. And the funny thing about it is, I guess if I wasn't married and have three kids, I'd probably be doing Airbnb too, because um, it's very entrepreneurial, yeah, you know, in general. Yeah. I got one guy who's got like six rooms, he's rented each room for like 80 bucks a night. Really? I mean, it's amazing what he's doing, and yeah. you know, he's still alive, he didn't get shot and killed. <laughs> so it's a good thing, you know, so Airbnb is working for him. I but, think uh, MGM Signature is the most profitable. It is. I mean, the as far as rental. MGM Signature? Yeah. The Platinum, you can buy a way cheaper unit, but the money is just not, the ROI is not there when you buy those properties. Um, wait, wait a second. So the MGM Platinum? MGM Signature. Two different ones. Yep. MGM Signature is the one that's behind the MGM. Okay. Um, Platinum is a couple streets down. Cobalt or Paradise? Uh, uh, it's, it's on a... Uh, is that MGM? MGM? No. For MGM's yeah. on Platinum. Harmon. Platinum is on what street? Platinum is on Flamingo. Flamingo, Flamingo right? yeah. But that's on MGM, right? No. 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 Separate, right? MGM Separate. Signature's yeah. Got it. So yeah. Platinum... Is not the good ROI. I wouldn't go there. Got I mean, it. it's cheaper. People it's cheap like, to get in. Yeah, it's cheap to get in. That's why people like it. But I mean, the it just doesn't make much money. Hmm. The Palms does good. Palms does good. Your, your is the, best, the Palms reopen? What's going on with that? Palms plays. Palms Casino was purchased, but they don't have the license yet. And this is with the uh, with the Virgin. What do you call it? The uh, the Indian tribe that purchased that the correct. casino, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is um, I forgot the name now, but it's the same one as Virgin. I heard right. The correct. Virgin. Forgot the name. Um, yeah, so they're so they, looking they, at, but they, they didn't reopen yet. They didn't reopen. They're looking at the beginning of the new year, hopefully. Yeah. You know, I've always loved the Palms Place. For some reason, when I was a cop in Henderson, I thought it'd be great, like to live. I was single to go live at Palms Place, and I always laughed. Like if I, could, if I was able to take the patrol car home, it'd be funny, you know, the Palms Place. <laughs> um, I've always liked it. You know, back in the day, Palms was a popular spot, but I think it's great that you can go to the the movies and they have a. It just it was nice. Yeah, and yeah. It was a yeah, nice right spot. The casino, the different restaurants and station casinos put a lot of money into. Uh, the palms, I just nice. can't believe oh, it's they, nice. you know, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's they put a lot of money yeah. into it. COVID hit, and that was it. Doors were shut down. Insane, right? Yeah. So I've always liked that property, and I f just thought it was a cool spot. It's kind of centrally located, right off the highway and stuff. And I just always think uh, the units aren't that expensive. I mean, I guess having the strip view is nicer than the mountain view and stuff like that. Yeah. But you do you know? So do you find that uh, as a better investment? You feel? Than other places or Palm's place, it's the easy entry. Like we have some listings in there right now. Like you have a one bedroom maxed out, four hundred fifty thousand. That's not too bad when it comes down to uh, buying a high rise. And also at the same time, you can legally Airbnb it, make money. You mentioned as far as great locations, mm -hmm. awesome location. You have a lot around you right there on Flamingo Road, plus the casinos right up the street. I'm definitely a fan of it. You know, I love the one bedrooms there because they're always on the corners, mm -hmm. you know, and I really love them in general and the balcony and the view. And I've just always been a fan of it in general like that. And I just think it's a good investment in general. I know it's hard because the HOA is sometimes more expensive, you know, in general, the one bedrooms. But it's, yeah. it's a beautiful, modern, yeah. contemporary look, you know. It is. It's gorgeous. So I guess it's, it's interesting, right? So you, Airbnb, centrally located. I guess you got to look at all the factors, right? Like people nearby. Once the station casino, you know, reopens, then at least you're back to the casino. Because what other place is really connected um, uh, Veer. I never. I actually have never really been yeah. into the Veer. And I think Veer Airbnb's, Airbnb's too, right? No. Vidar. Yeah. Wait. I thought they did. No. I guess not. Vidara is condos, right? Well, that's connected to the casino right next to the Aria. It's right next to, it, but it's yeah. just straight condos. Yeah. You know, people don't talk about it that much. I feel. I mean, you probably well, been hotel in the units. rooms. Yeah, I wouldn't say as much condos. 
Okay, so what? Yeah. Oh, it's more. Veer, Veer is the high rise. Yeah, Veer's the high rise. I'm sorry, rise. Veer, I've been in the Veer high rise. I like that. Videra, right? Mm-hmm. Videra. But that's condos, right? Well, they're, they're hotel rooms. They're, they're owned by the casino. You just rent them out per night. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking they were. Yeah, you might be thinking of Veer Towers. I like Veer as well. Just, yeah. you know, the problem is it gets more expensive in that, that whole little spot over there in general. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's gorgeous want, views. <coughs> yeah, great spot, central located. Uh, any, anything else in regards to the high rises? I and mean, I love the Turnberry. Johnny I know, loves I know, the Turnberry. Yeah. Wants, so we live in the Turnberry. Forever. So I'll be there the rest of my life. So here's a question for you. So you're, you're over in Turnberry. What? Uh, <laughs> I'll give it some look to you. What do you? I always forget. Turnberry East West. What are you over there? We're in the West Tower. West Tower. Okay. Yeah. So here's a question for you. So the whole um, the hotel on the Strip basically that was going to be, um, what's the hotel that didn't come up yet? Fountain Blue. Fountain Blue. Yep, right? it's supposed to be ready next year now. But you know what's crazy? That back in the day, those Turnberry locations that were facing the South Strip, they got killed with, the, what is it, a parking lot structure, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, to me, it, I, I could imagine that if you were living in those units and all of a sudden they start building up this, like, wall, <laughs> have you been, like, what's going on with those units over there? I never really asked anybody. You probably more knowledge. Turnberry Place? Yeah, Turnberry Place, right? Yep. There are people that are looking at a wall now, right? Over in Turnberry Place, like we're in towers, we're not in place. Yeah, but the other one that's close to the Fountain are, Blue. There are there are. Some but those units. people had like the most be- the best views in town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. And now, right, isn't it a parking structure that was Correct. built? There are in front of some of those units. If I, they're if they're facing like, the west side yeah. in the furthest towers, um, you will be facing a parking structure, unfortunately. I wonder, like, what happens with those units? I mean, do people still buy those units? They oh, yeah. do. They're they're a tough push. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to high rises, it's you know, lifestyle. you get two different kinds of people. You get some people that just want the experience; they want to be in the high rise, mm-hmm. and then the other people, like the reason why we wanted to be there, we want the view. We wanted to wake up and look across the mountains, look across mm-hmm. the strip. So some people will suck it up and like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I'll be fine. So what people would want to open up their eyes to like a, a structure or a wall? I don't get it. Well, if they're I mean, spending if so they're much money. Blind. Yeah. If they're blind? Yeah, if they're blind, they'll be okay. <laughs> it should be like a, a handicap section. Yeah. I just don't, I, I've never been into one. Uh, I just don't get it. Like I, I feel like there should be some type of like ordinance. Like if you, That's the problem with Vegas, right? If you build yeah. a high rise, you got to make sure like whatever unit that you have, they build something, right? They can't, you know? Like over at Sky, it's interesting. The way the building is tilted. The people that are facing the south, I think that even if something been, was built, the people in the south would probably still get that strip view, the way that yeah. the, the place is on an angle and the, the kind of a corner. And it was supposed to be, I don't know if you know, back in the day, I think that we were going to build a condo called Maxim okay. next to Sky. And But the thing was, you got to be really careful, you know, what's being built. With my unit, I was on the 16th floor facing the uh, the fountain blue, per se. It would be actually the uh, like the pool when the pool comes in. And then the old wet and wild, and then SLS, and you can see the stratosphere a little bit on the side. And you get the view of this sphere that's going up in the next year or so as well. Do you see that? Where the sphere, the globe that's, that's being built. But you don't see that from oh, uh, okay. from, from where from my where unit you, is. Okay, gotcha. But what I was gonna say was the where the old wet and wild is. Right, something can go there yeah. and block my view, which is like the mountain, the sunrise mountain over there in general. But um, I mean, supposedly there's an arena that was supposed to be built. So who knows? But still, I mean, like, so I will share with you, beggars can't be choosy because what the funny thing about it is and having the right realtor is important is that you got to find out like what's going on in the area, especially with the high rise, right? Yeah. But also you have to have good people to do mortgages because what happened was back in the day, I was asking people like, hey, I want to go buy a high rise. What's the strategy to get in? Like, you know, people said you need 20%, 30%. It's a lot of money, right? If a unit's like a half a million dollars, the average person, you know, doesn't have a hundred grand, 150 grand to go buy. 
So what I found out was I was asking all these different realtors. Everyone says, you know, you there's even with foreclosures, everyone said there's like no way of doing. There's no strategy. And I spoke with somebody that was doing the home path, Fannie Mae home path, and they said you can go buy a unit that basically with five percent down if you move in and ten percent if it was an investment. So, but they said it was only whatever was available on HomePath.com. So I said, okay. Now, in the past, I never looked for a high rise because I wasn't being like mentored that way. So what happens? I found there was two units, and it was on the 16th floor. One was 1607. One was like 1605 with a better view. But it wasn't like I can go pick any unit. It was whatever units that were available. So at the end, the unit was um, originally $550,000 for a two-bedroom, 1,100 square feet. It was a foreclosure, and I got it for $199 with 5% down. So I put $10,000 down, and I purchased a high-rise condo that was a foreclosure. When everyone says you can't do it, it was a Fannie Mae loan product in general. And like I said, sometimes having to keep people like you guys knowing what the trends are. Like even when you're just talking about the 401k, that's a big deal. And actually, I will share with you. I think, you know, I watched a lot of your stuff. I don't think you really talk about that. I did in one video about it. I haven't pushed it. I think I it's should a big go deal. back to it. Yeah. I think it's a big deal because, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because I meet a lot of people in general, but I don't really hear anyone talk about that. But that's important because a lot of people have, even if they have 30, 40, 50 grand, that's enough. That's a yeah. nice how chunk. Much money, yeah. How much money do you need really? I mean, it could be 20, 30 grand. Correct. Yeah. Be, it's not even that less. much money. And you know what? More people are disciplined if they had like a, a matching program in some place and they probably have more money saved up there than in their regular bank account because they're more disciplined that they were saving a few dollars every two weeks or something, you know? But I basically bought a high rise for $10,000. And at the same time, over at Allure, the unit was like 350 grand. I got it for like 154, and it was 10% because HomePath at the time of your investment. You could buy it for 10%. So for 15 grand, I bought a one bedroom over at Allure. But the whole point is, right, education's key. Yep. The right realtor, like you guys, basically know what's going on in the market. You having good people that are mortgage agents that could refer you that you work with, right, that basically can help in general. So I think it's a big deal because even like myself, only one agent told me that. Now, I kind of feel bad because I, I never. It would be cool to go back in time before I purchased to see what other things were available, what maybe yeah. I missed. Yeah. Because I never wanted to go into the nicer units at Sky because I probably would feel bad. I mean, mine was 1,100 square feet. It was a two-bedroom, and it was the galley, the kitchen galley, but it wasn't as nice as the ones that faced the south, you know, but I, I never really wanted to go into the other units because, but like I said, beggars can't be cheesy. $10,000 down, yeah, and I got a high-rise condo that was a half a million, you know, and then now it's it's gone up, you know, it's probably 350 or something like yeah. that, you know? And there's no other high-rises being built anytime soon. What's your thoughts with any high-rises for the future? Just so expensive to build. I mean, what do you, I, I'm surprised nothing has been built or any plants. What's yeah, your thoughts with any future right high-rises? There is a, a tech building. I couldn't even tell you the name of it. This is something I went over with a friend of mine by the name of Jay Shu, that their project they're working on. But there's nothing definite for it. It's just like all Googled out and everything you can imagine, tech South and script, YouTube. Right? Yeah. But there's nothing definite with that, anything for groundbreaking or anything else. Okay. Looks pretty amazing. I what, saw the um, spec pictures. One of the other strategies that you mentioned a while ago about owner will carry seller financing. What's your take on that? Because people do not know what the hell that means. I think, it's, I think it's a little harder right now to really find those owners carry that are willing to do that because the market's so high. Most people are going in wanting to sell instead of doing and actually getting the money instead of doing those owners carry i think in a high rise you can find it more than actually like single family homes i mean i haven't seen it in a single family home in a super long time no just recently we did see some stuff pop up as far as in the high rise community actually yeah 
to where some of the uh, sellers are open to owner's carry and they want to make some moves. So Explain say, how that works to people because people that are listening are not – like we talk about this stuff like it's water, right? Owner yeah. Carry, OWC, yeah. seller financing. Yeah. What does that mean to a consumer? So if they can't do the 401K and they have like 50 grand but they, they haven't been working for two years, which is the norm for mortgage. If I have $50,000 now, what does that mean in the owner will carry world? If I get with you and say, look, I've been, I've been working for six months. I don't. I lost my job. I don't have steady income, but I have $50,000. What can you do to help me? What, what can we search for? What it, The simplest way to describe this is the owner or seller, however you want to describe them, is the actual bank at the end of the day. He's making his terms, which is normally a decent amount of money down. So a lot of times we'll get phone calls most of the time on a rent to own and a lot of times those folks, unfortunately, want to rent to own. They don't have a lot of money down. That is an owner's carry at the end of the day. And it's just not happening out there. Now, if somebody wants to do a traditional purchase, and a lot of times what you see is not as much a credit thing. They may have started a company a year ago, successful company, and they're having trouble getting traditional financing. Just like you said, they come to the seller, present an offer like they would any other time. I'm going to give you $50,000 up front for this $30,000 house, and I'm going to work out payments with you for the next one year to two years, and then they're going to decide. They're going to come to a meeting and decide whatever interest rate that seller is going to end up charging them. At the end of the two years, you're required to pay that off or else there's a problem at the end of the day, whatever they put in the contract. Mm -hmm. If you can't fulfill my terms at the end of two years, I'm taking the property back or whatever's put into the contract. It could be a million things. Do you believe like rent to own or lease to own is something that people should even do? I mean, especially if you're like, you should always try to get like an FHA home, right? Like a new home and not play with rent to own or lease to own. Do you like that? Do you dislike it? Is it just for some people? I dislike the rent to own. Well, there are companies yeah. out there that facilitate yeah. it. That I think that's a better way to go. Yeah. With a company that does like the financing thing. Yeah, there's, a, more legitimate. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a um, company Trio. called Trio. Okay. Yeah, that they actually go in and buy the house, and it, I think that's more legitimate because you honestly probably Structured. feel yeah that you feel safer with that company. Like you're having contracts written out that are probably more like in the safety zone than if you go with you know the actual person that lives. Got or, it. Or that owns so that leads to a good thing. Yeah. So why use you guys as a licensed realtor? What's the difference with your contracts compared to if I go knock on the Johnny's door here? It says like for sale by owner, and they have their own contract. Are your contracts better to protect me? Well, when it goes through th for sale by owner, who knows what you're walking into, number one. There's, whether you're doing something direct with them, who's facilitating through title, who's looking up your prelim, who's making sure that nothing's carrying over as far as... Liens and stuff. Exactly. Who knows the... You make a good relationship with seller. Like, it's me and you. It's For most people, it's an uncomfortable situation. You're telling me, hey, it's a good house. You don't trust me. You don't need an inspection. That's uncomfortable. You want a res uh, realtor in the middle of that to facilitate that. No, you need to do this. Let's check out the house. Some of the best houses we've ever walked through, once the inspection's done, they find XXX, and all of a sudden you need a new air conditioner and a roof. Well, you weren't up on the roof looking around. There's 15 grand plus nerve 15. You're walking in with $30,000 ticket at the end of the day. Got it. And then also for sale by owners on the other side, somebody selling for sale by owner. If you look up the numbers statistically, 97% of them actually end up losing more money than if they had representation. Because think about it. When you go in and you buy a watch at a store, 
you're expecting to spend a lot of money. Somebody's selling a watch on Craigslist, I'm getting a discount just on Craigslist. I'm going to nickel and dime this guy down. That's exactly what happens with a sale for, for sale by owner. Got the bottom line is I think the key is representation. And yeah. basically, again, it doesn't cost any money, right? Like if I want to go with you as a realtor, you're my realtor, you guys. I go with you. I'm not paying any money, right? It's exactly. basically the seller that's paying you guys your commission. Correct. So to me, there's no reason why I shouldn't want to have representation, right? Yeah. It's like having a free lawyer basically going over the contract, following following the steps, going through a title company. The bottom line is you guys are like my bodyguards, right? And when I go buy a home, you want to make sure that that paperwork is correct. And you have all the people, right? You have inspectors. You have all these to make sure I'm making the right move, right? And then you may say, hey, let's pull the plug. This isn't good, right? Yeah, 100%. Well, Katie's more the bodyguard. I'm just a nice guy. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Well, that's why you got, they call you guys the shark. So it's yeah. like you guys are bodyguards. Somehow exactly. the other. Yeah. We got a few minutes left in general. Um, Chase is on the case, our engineer. Any luck with the video? I think I might have it. Is it titled Shark Week? It could be. Very okay. possible. Let's take wanna, a we'll, we'll, take a we'll, take a, we'll take a gander here. Okay. Let's see. the. Uh, this is a commercial, right? Uh, oh, there it is. That's it. Awesome. Yep, you're okay. on it. You found it. I think I titled it Shark Week just to get more viewers out of it. Let's take a look. <laughs> Folks, the Vegas market is so hot right now, I'm going to do what it takes to make your deal happen. And that includes diving in with the sharks. Folks, when it comes to picking a real estate advisor, pick somebody that's going to dive in with the sharks for you. This is Johnny Richardson, the number one real estate advisor in Nevada. I love it. <laughs> you got you to keep that going. You can't let that go. I've never seen that. Well, the crazy part was is when that's we good. had to bring the sharks into the pool and keep them in there and keep them alive, yeah, that, that was, was super dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like that. I've never seen thank that. Thank you. Really? Like, Get really, out of here. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, thank I you. I think you totally need to do that on like social media and stuff like that. I think it's great stuff. I'll, I'll have to put it back out. But I, I think you need to take it. my advice. Like you two walking for dinner at the chart house. Like, you know what? I, I like really it. use a swimmy, like, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like these it. days, you know, it's Vegas. People want to like laugh, you know. They yeah, want to laugh at something different. And yeah. I think people may see you and say, oh, that's the shark guy, you know. I mean, so I think it's really cool stuff. Um, I love that commercial. Thank um, you. So we got uh, like two minutes left. So what else am I missing? What, anything else you guys want to share? Give your number information. Where, where's your office located? You meet at people's homes, Starbucks. What do you do? All that. Share well, some good all stuff. All that good stuff. All that this good stuff. Plug anything that you want to like let people know about you guys. Our office is in Hen located in Henderson off of Green Valley Parkway. Um, what do you want to mention? Johnny? Yeah. So, well, as far as finding us, it's very simple. Johnny Richardson Jr. is the Instagram. Uh, and then we have Katie... Katie Ann M one. She has unique Instagram. <laughs> I Company know. phone number 702-608-5723. What it really comes down to at the end of the day is we really like doing business with friends and family. So we just me personally, when somebody's trying to get my business, I'm like, I really want to make a friend first. That's that's what I want. So we do our best to make a relationship with people. So I talk to you about as far as stopping in, whatever it might be, just hit us a jingle at the end of the day. It doesn't have to be just for buying a house. We love networking and making relationships like yourself, the problem solver. You just want to make more relationships. Everybody benefits that way at the end of the day. So there's a lot of stuff we do outside of real estate as far as workout programs, outside events, uh, not just client appreciation events, but events for friends, family, and past clients to get together. So reach out to us, and we love to make new friends at the end of the day. Awesome.
Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. The one thing I, I got to say as well, I told you this guy before, I, I really do believe you guys need to start giving out sharks. Okay. It just goes with the territory. <laughs> right. It may have to be like it's a million dollar home and above. <laughs> yeah. You get the shark tank and you get Definitely. like two little white baby sharks or something like go. that. That's a good idea. But you got to implement the sharks as well. Like I said, I just enjoy the stuff in general. So, there you go. And also, I think there's even um, fresh uh, fresh. There is sharks, fresh like the water. Small the small ones. Could so no matter what, it's there. a shark. It's, it's still a shark. Start. Yeah. It's a start, right? You get the, so you got, it depends upon the home purchase, right? If it's yeah. between zero right. and two. Like condos. Condos, you get the baby shark. Then if it's a townhome, you get like a middle shark. And then yeah. if it's a million more, you get the white shark with the fish tank. Exactly. I like and, it. and plenty of food as well. Yeah. Food for the year. Yeah. I'll actually, you do the, uh, here's the story. So they, you buy a home through Johnny and Katie, the sharks, over a million dollars. I'll supply some shark food for like three to six months. There you go. On I the problem that. solver. Right? You there are. You yeah, there you go. I'm solving Perfect. problems for sharks. Now <laughs> here All right. So I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, every single week, basically, uh, as the problem solver. Basically, I am bringing awesome people like Katie and Johnny basically on the show, solving problems. They shared some great information about real estate, getting a little bit advanced, but everyone's different who's watching the show. The goal is for this show is that anyone that's looking to buy a home, it's it's very it's very easy to do. You just need the right people like these people that are here. And the bottom line is there's different programs and things are always changing. So for real estate, basically for solving problems this week, Katie and Johnny would be more than happy to help you guys. Other weeks, we have different people, whether whatever the nonprofit is or whatever community leader that's coming on, they're going to basically help solve problems as well. So you could always contact me, and I could always make the connection for any problem that you basically have. I'm David Colmeyer, the problem solver. I can be reached at 702-400-7474. Again, 702-400-7474. I also have a progressive web app, which is www.theproblemsolver.vegas. Again, theproblemsolver.vegas. You can go online, fill out the information, tons of stuff that's on there. Also, Facebook as well uh, for the problem solver. So any type of problem, if you look at the online there, basically the app itself has all kinds of information, a bunch of tabs. Any problem that you basically have, I'm going to solve it myself or with other problem solvers. Again, I'm David Kohlmeyer, the problem solver. I will see you next week, and be safe out there.